All right. Good morning. Welcome to the rebooted, the reanimated, the reconstructed uh, Mike Madison show here at 103.9 WYAB. It has been a while. I, uh, I don't know how long someone needs to be gone to be missed. Uh, maybe I'm testing that, <laughs> I would imagine. Uh, there are people, I've, I've heard from a lot of people out there, uh, that really got something from my show before. Uh, if you've never heard the Mike Madison show before, uh, for about six years here at WYAB, I did a show from 9 to 11, and career uh, took me in a different direction uh, the middle of January. But I would love to say this is backed by popular demand. Uh, it, it is really a little bit of a, uh, a hole in the schedule that WYAB, the way the schedule fleshed out. I was planning on doing a podcast, uh, even though I have a new full-time job outside of radio. I was going to be doing a podcast, but this seems to, I think this is going to work out well. So you will hear uh, the rebooted, the reanimated Mike Madison show on Wednesdays and Thursdays from 9 to 10 o'clock. I'll just have an hour each day. It will probably make me a little bit more pithy. And, uh, I'll tell you what I plan on using my time for, because I realized with my time away what my frustration was. It's tough when you get to talk about the news, when you get to put your input. In. And if you've never heard the show, I'm a libertarian guy. I am a, a true believer in freedom. I really do not like government at just about any level. And I'm no fan of the political class. I would say hatred with along the lines of the white-hot hatred of a thousand sons. I mean, I am not somebody who likes the political class. So I'm a libertarian guy, very small government guy. What I've seen over the past month and a half that I've been gone, it was very interesting to watch the news and see, really noticeable to me on the outside when I couldn't comment, how, how binary everything has become. And maybe it's always been this way, but there's always, with every big news story, and we're going to go over, I'm going to have to do a little bit of recapping. Some of the stories that I missed is what we're going to get to today. But essentially, uh, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, right? And pretty much knee-jerk, everybody lines up on one side or the other, and they're just very, very sure of their opinions on these things when there are a whole host of other ways to look at the news. A whole lot of things that I don't think are typically considered, particularly uh, within the partisans out there, be it Republican or Democrat, conservative or liberal, it really doesn't matter. There just seems to be a whole whole different way of thinking about things that's never considered. So this is really probably going to be the crux of my show. I only have two hours a week as opposed to the 10 hours a week I had before. But I will, uh, I will be kind of offering that other way to look maybe at what the news is. A lot has happened over the course of the past month and a half, uh, half of course, I am not going to recap it all, but there were some big stories that I watched blow up in what I felt were some pretty ridiculous ways. So we're going to get to that uh, in a little bit. But for my first segment here, uh, I wanted to also do this. Let me go back to one of the old trides and trues, and that is uh, I was known for many years having a quote of the day and many times several quotes of the day. This is everything from uh, the genius founding fathers to intellectuals throughout all time to statesmen, the few that we've ever had uh, here in this country, and then even people in uh, regular culture. So I hope that these are always the reason I do these things is because I think they're, they're, they're short. I hope they're thought provoking. And these are, like I say, a, a little bit of a little way to think about things slightly differently. So here we go. Um, 
I ran across this one. This was a tweet sent out by someone named Jack V. Lloyd. Now, again, I, I don't know how many new listeners have come in or may just haven't heard me uh, before. I'm very different. I, I cut my teeth in politics as a Kool-Aid-drinking neocon Republican, and then I realized in the early 2000s, oh my gosh, the Republicans lied to me. They aren't about really small government, and I've explained this over the years. I won't rehash the whole thing. I realized that the wars were not about national security. And so I turned on the Republican Party, and I'll be honest with you, I have a bee in my bonnet for the Republican Party because they're the ones that tricked me. I never went in with the Democrats. At least they didn't trick me. I can oppose basically everything that they stand for, but they never conned me. They told me how bad they were all along. Now, they're conning a lot of Democrats out there. I'll tell you that right now. There's a lot of people out there right now, a lot of liberals who think that the Democratic Party is for the little guy. They're not. Both parties are corporately controlled. But the Republicans duped me. So it really ticks me off. So I use my time on this air uh, to get back at them. So uh, it's a bit of a preamble to this first one. Uh, Jack V. Lloyd tweeted out, Republicans want the government to be your father. Democrats want the government to be your mother. Libertarians want the government to leave you alone because you're an adult. That's Jack V. Loy. The Libertarian Party of Tennessee tweeted this out. Libertarians believe people have the right to alter, abolish, or withdraw from their government. Amen, amen. Uh, this was, uh, there was definitely some news recently. I guess Marjorie Taylor Greene. I talked a lot before I left the air. I talked a lot about the idea of a, a national divorce. Uh, this is something Tom Woods is very good at. He has an ebook, a free ebook out there called National Divorce. I suggest anybody who's really interested in this uh, maybe should take a look at it. Or read it. Because he's a libertarian guy, so don't let the Republican Party <laughs> tell you how we should do this divorce. I'm telling you, that way lies tears. Uh, here's another uh, thing from uh, G.K. Uh, Chesterton. This was from uh, March 1st of 1921. Quote, how few politicians are hanged, <laughs> unquote. He says, the men whom people ought to choose to represent them are too busy to take the jobs, but the politician is waiting for it. He's the pestilence of modern times. What we should try to do is make politics as local as possible. Keep the politicians near enough to kick them. The villagers who met under the village tree could also hang their politicians uh, to the tree. It's terrible to contemplate how few politicians are hanged today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what the show's been about for six years before I took my hiatus, and I did not attend a re-education camp. I still feel uh, these same ways. I got to tell you, my contempt for the political class knows very few bounds. Oh, let's see what else I have here. Here's another one. F. Scott, Fitzgerald, uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote, Either you think, or else others have to think for you and take power from you, pervert and discipline your, mental, uh, your natural tastes, civilize and sterilize you. Well, we saw a lot of that over the past few years, haven't we? Uh, 25 years ago, I've I, I told you, I've got a stack of these things. This is the first segment. This is just some things to think about from other thinkers outside of Mike Madison. 25 years ago, James Dale Davidson and William Rees wrote about the public's relationship to politics and corrupt institutions in their long-lived uh, treatise, The Sovereign Individual. And this is an excerpt from that. 
He said, moral outrage against corrupt leaders is not an isolated historical phenomenon, but a common precursor of change. It happens again and again whenever one era gives way to another. This widespread revulsion comes into evidence well before people develop a new coherent ideology of change. As we write, there is as yet little evidence of an articulate rejection of politics. That will come later. It has not yet occurred to most of your contemporaries that a life without politics is possible. Yeah, we're not there yet, but I think eventually maybe we will discover this, and this is really uh, probably my goal. People have got to, uh, I, I spend a lot of time talking about this two-party, this idea of the two parties. You've got to be on one side or the other. Uh, here's a good one. I've railed for years and years against the income tax, the unconstitutional, unjust thievery by our federal government and other local governments, too, of the income tax. There's a meme out there. It's got Rod uh, Serling. Was it Serling or Sterling? Rod Serling from uh, Twilight Zone. He says, imagine, if you will, a population so brainwashed that it gets more angry about a balloon than having one third of their income stolen each year. Imagine, if you will, a population so brainwashed that it gets more angry about a balloon than having one-third of their income stolen each year. More on that later. Uh, just a couple more here. Uh, Eskimo Libertarian had tw uh, tweeted this out. He said, it's time to realize how much your government hates you when you're surrounded by dead fish and the EPA still says the water is okay to drink. More on that later. And Jack's page goes by the title of Dirtbag Leftist. This is a guy I probably just disagree with on a ton of different things, but I loved this. I love to watch anybody who wakes up to the, what politics is really about. I've seen it with so many people over the last few years. It's a beautiful thing. Jack's page, Dirtbag Leftist, tweets this out. It's deeply embarrassing now to think that I fell for the, quote, Bernie movement, unquote, hook, line, and sinker. Bernie's rise to national prominence was solely to drive progressives back into the DNC. He bent the knee so easily to the DNC. He's been dead to me for quite some time. That's a beautiful thing. Many, many people woke up to the Bernie Sanders. He's for the people. The socialist that's worth, what, $6 million now and has a couple of beach houses? Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, the, the socialist, the leftist, the love everybody guy. He does not oppose any of the wars anymore. Yeah, I just love to see anybody waking up. I don't care right or left. As long as you wake up and realize that you, like myself, have been conned by your party or your politician. That's a good day in my book. Got to take a quick break. We will be right back. Stick around.
All right, we are back. This is the revamped Mike Madison Show here at 1039 WYAB. I, I, this probably could fall under another quote of the day, but I did want to play this. Uh, you want to know, uh, you know, one of the things to people like myself who are so, so dissatisfied with the uniparty, the uniparty of corruption, the Republicans and the Democrats. Uh, one of the things that we've talked about a lot is the fact that you, you notice they never let anybody in the national debates, right? Never let a third party in with the national debates. And that is, of course, because <laughs> because they don't want you to hear any other point of view. I guarantee you the Republican Party is not a fan of the show and, and its place on conservative talk radio. But I'm going to play a little clip here for you. Uh, I want you to hear this was uh, I believe this is Spike Cohen. He was the vice presidential candidate for the uh, Libertarian Party last time around. Pretty Pretty bad ticket. Joe Jorgensen was the top of the ticket in 2020. Not not a real impressive person, but I do like this Spike Cohen. But uh, just imagine this guy. Uh, imagine this guy uh, debating Kamala Harris in 2020. Had they let somebody from the Libertarian Party on a debate stage with uh, with Pence and Kamala? No one is coming. Absent our action, things are only going to get worse. You don't like double-digit inflation? Wait till your dollars are as worthless as Zimbabwean dollars. You don't like food and formula shortages? Wait till you're lucky to find anything at the store, like in Venezuela. You didn't like lockdowns and mandates? Wait till they put you in camps like they did in Australia. Or weld your door shut so you can starve to death like in China. This isn't from dy some dystopian novel. This is happening right now, and it will happen here unless we stop it. While we're stopping that, let's put a stop to everything else they've been doing. The war on guns, the war on drugs, the wars overseas, the war on your income, your savings, your livelihood, your family, your way of life, your personal health choices, your rights, your freedoms. Let's put an end to it and bury it for good. No one, no one is coming to save us. We are here to save us. We are here to spread liberty in our communities. We are here to put liberty and freedom ideas into our cultures. We are here to show people a better and new way. We are here to set America free. We are here for nothing short of a revolution. Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand? Why the libertarians will never be invited to the debate stage with the Republicans and the Democrats. Can you even imagine? Can you even imagine someone like that uh, explaining to the American people that you really deserve to be set free? And then I'm going to finish with this because this was just very interesting and, and a little more timely. This happened. I, I guess this happened. I just saw this uh, as far as a tweet goes. So I assume that uh, I would not know anything about Saturday Night Live unless I saw a clip from it on Twitter or YouTube or something or someone sent me something because Saturday Night Live is the chronically unfunny, uh, just bizarrely left-wing political correct beast that it has become. It's horrible. But apparently Woody Harrelson hosted Saturday Night Live, and pardon me if this is old, but it's dated February 26th, so I am assuming that it was the most recent Saturday Night Live uh, Saturday skit. Uh, and boy, did he go off script here, didn't he? Now remember, remember who funds all major media, who funds all of the big networks. We know who that is, right? We can all say it together. Big Pharma! Yes, 75% of advertising, I believe, is the uh, statistic I've heard, is from pharmaceutical companies or the healthcare industry. So you, you do not, uh, you don't TT in that bed.
for the mainstream media, but apparently the, the word is Woody Harrelson went a little off script. This was part of his monologue at Saturday Night Live. Okay, so the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world. Well, let me reframe this. What I assume he's saying is he, he's recounting that somebody brought him a script to read. And so he was looking at it. They were you know, pitching him on a movie. That, that's what he's getting at here. He goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes. And people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. I mean, who is going to believe that crazy idea? (laughs) Okay. I don't know what I like more about that. The fact that he is, he's really telling it like it is. If you stop and think about it, we've just lived through a bad movie. It's impossible to believe that that actually happened. Uh, But I always love, I always love uh, the Bill Maher audiences, how they used to be so left. And then he started taking on the woke culture. They don't know how to respond. The dead silence during during that thing. Now, I know uh, SNL has got their applause sign. To whoever was at the applause sign was, they weren't going to push the button for this. I can guarantee you they were looking over at the, I guess the stage manager or whatever. They're probably all their eyes are bugged out. What's he doing? But the audience doesn't know how to react to this because they're, this is probably an audience that is on their fourth or fifth booster at this point. And I just love the stunned silence by these people. That was a fun one. Anyway, Woody Harrelson, certainly don't agree with him on everything. He's been out there left field on a whole bunch of things. He nails it with that one, though. Be right back. All right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. So these, these hours are going to go quick. Understand, I've got, a, I've got a bit of a learning curve. I used to have two hours to do stuff. I can still be maybe a tad bit verbose, uh, but we're going to get to some of these things. Uh, what I wanted to do to start today, and I'll probably this is going to bleed into tomorrow. I'm going to kind of recap some of the stories that I missed over the past couple of months and give you some some points of view that you probably didn't hear. You didn't hear them in your Republican circles. You didn't hear them in your Democrat circles. You didn't hear them from the mainstream media. So here it goes. The media and the political class, what I've watched, I've, I've talked about it before. I'm an outsider, but I've really been an outsider lately because I haven't been here. I haven't had the microphone. I haven't done a show. So I am an outsider. And what I watched is the media dragging everybody like they always do, along with the political parties, the political grandstanding, dragging everybody by the nose uh, around from story to story. So I wanted to talk to uh, about these a little bit. Um, 
just going to show you the, the power of where we are now. Need, everybody needing clicks. Uh, the, the Fox News. News alert. You know, bro, what do they say? Uh, breaking news or Fox News alert. I mean, it can be something like, uh, I, I mean, just anything. Heavy rain. Fox News alert. Everything is an alert. Fox News always keeping you alert. I watch a, uh, because part of my new job is weather related. And so I do pay some attention to the weather. And there's a, there's a, a YouTube channel called Pow Ponder, I think it's called. It's, uh, oh, no, it's Pow Ponder on Weather. That's the channel this thing is. And I noticed something with him. He does some very interesting stuff. He's a, he's a meteorological geek, I guess. Look, I'm a nerd, an economics nerd. That's not an insult. He just, he lives for the weather, apparently. Let me give you some of the titles of some of his videos. A concerning storm is coming that you need to watch. Here's another one. This huge storm is bigger than expected and looks to overachieve. This ice storm is worse than expected. This rare storm has taken a devastating turn for the worse. Uh, this is, these are the headlines that he runs on a daily basis. <laughs> and, and I'm talking about, the, I got those headlines from just the past couple of weeks. I just noticed he's got these very alarmist things. Uh, H.L. Mencken, all right, I'm going to throw one more quote of the day in there. H.L. Mencken wrote this decades and decades ago. He said, the whole aim of practical politics is to keep the populace alarmed and hence clamorous to be led to safety by an endless series of hobgoblins, most of them imaginary. And that's exactly what it is. Uh, this is all about trying to keep the populace alarmed on everything. So let's take a look at a few of the stories that I missed. Uh, the, one of the first ones, it was a, a very sad one, and one that the right is often, and when I say the right, the political right is often wrong on, and the left just exploits for power instead of actually changing anything, and that was the terrible beating death of Tyree Nichols. Now, this story did not last very long because the left couldn't exploit a racial aspect to it. It was five black police officers that beat the crap out of a black victim. But it was really, really, it was a very sick and sad story. Now, I think since it's come out, what, did, did we find out that the guy, the, the guy that was killed was having an affair with one of the cop's wives? So there may have been some personal stuff in there, but it was just very interesting. It was fascinating. And as I say, I, I'm just pointing these stories out, not to rehash them. Who cares? We've already lived through it, right? But it is very interesting with the left. They only care, and this is the left and the right. They only care about people when they, they get an advantage out of it. It's not ever uh, genuine. Leftist politician and the media jackasses care about one thing, power and profit. And they will exploit the hell out of something if it uh, affects little people and they think they can get you to rally to their cause. See, the left wants mass shootings at schools. They want cops to kill black people on camera. They want unvaxxed people to die from COVID. They want Ukrainian mass death so they can shriek about it. You know, think about what a sick position that is to be in. They want these things to happen because it gives them political opportunity. Now, the right is not without these faults as well. Donald Trump wants the economy to go to, into the toilet right now. He wants the inflation to stay higher. Uh, that's kind of natural, you know. I've worked places and left, and maybe I've managed a lot of restaurants in my time. If I leave and another manager comes in and doesn't do so well, if I want that job back, well, you know, it's kind of human nature to say, well, I kind of hope he screws up, so I look better. But when it comes to these stories, they want 
you to think about these things. They, they, they want these things to happen. Um, and the biggest story of all, the biggest story that I just watched with absolute amazement, I, I, I might have yelled at the radio a couple of times. Oh, my God, the balloon. The balloon. Mike, did you see the balloon? Joe Biden didn't shoot down the balloon. What about that balloon? Uh, conservatives clutched their pearls on the balloon like a liberal does with the unmasked and the unvaxxed, but they can't see it that way. See, that's the interesting thing. As an outsider, as an observer, I see things very differently because I don't have to carry water for anything else. I watched conservatives and Republican politicians really take advantage of this thing. The balloon. You, you do understand that our entire planet is surrounded by uh, satellites that can tell you the brand of soccer ball your kid left in the backyard yesterday, right? They have probably got sensors that could tell you what the air pressure in that soccer ball was. But we were led to believe. And the right fell for this hook line. The, the balloon. I'm still seeing things. I saw something in the Madison Journal talking about, oh, Joe Biden's dereliction. Look, Joe Biden, there's a million reasons to hate him. He's not good for the country. He's an absolute train wreck disaster. But can we can we stop hyperventilating a little bit about the balloon? If the Chinese want to know anything about us, they've got hackers, they've got satellites, they've got spooks, whatever they need. They can find it out. This is, this is very much like the TikTok. Oh, my God, TikTok. we got to get rid of TikTok. As I told you. That seems like a ploy by Facebook and Instagram and everybody else who's getting crushed by TikTok to get them out of the market. Anyway, I just the, the hyperventilizing uh, on this this balloon thing was funny. And I don't think conservative. I mean, just think about it for a second. As we watched the left particularly get dried and not only the left, there were a lot of poor victims of what happened during covid that were just that we scared the bejesus out of them. You got to wear a mask. You can't let, let your son get near Nana. He'll kill her. And we, we just watched that. And now, we, you know, with, with hindsight particularly, but I think everybody at this radio station was calling it out live time as it was happening. But many people realize, oh, they were just trying to terrify us. So we take a pharmaceutical. Well, trust me, this same kind of group of people is trying to terrorize you about China, too. I know people don't want to hear that. No, Mike, you don't understand. China really is the threat. Look, this balloon, what, I don't think anybody even really knows exactly what it was, but oh, in the list of things I worry about, and again, back to that quote earlier, can you imagine living in a country where people are that freaked out about a balloon, but they don't care about the fact that the government takes a third of their income every single year and are set to do it to your children and your grandchildren, and they did it to your parents? If I ever heard the amount of energy... And enthusiasm for repealing the income tax that I heard about this stupid balloon, we might actually get somewhere. And then, then there was this. This is uh, John Kirby. Oh, he's a slimy one. I can't remember what position he's in now. He floated in and out of the Obama administration. He's one of these guys in the State Department. He's one of these deep state, real sleazebag uh, spokesholes. This is what he had to say about the balloon. But we were able to determine that China has a high-altitude balloon program for intelligence collection oh, no! that's connected to the People's Liberation Army. How many balloon programs do you think we've got? How many spy planes have we got in this? How many satellites do we have? How many hackers? I mean, it's just almost funny to me to watch us, watch us play this, 
Poor helpless victim. The Chinese and all their spying. Oh, my God. We, we, we are, we've got to be the master spies. The five eyes, us, Great Britain, Australia, Germany. I mean, we do nothing but spy on everybody for everything. Of course the Chinese are spying on us. The Russians are The Peruvians are probably spying on us to some degree. That's what governments do. Governments are thugs. They spy. Ugh. It was operating during the previous administration, but they did not detect it. We detected it. So there you go. Oh, this was happening during the Trump term. And, and, and for everybody out there who goes, no, it wasn't. Trump went, you, you don't know. I don't know. Nobody actually knows. But here's the thing that I'm trying to tell you. The media leads you around by the nose. The political class leads you around by the nose. The Republicans are making hay about this because Joe Biden was in office. Makes Joe Biden look bad. It does. And to the average person who hyperventilated about this balloon, it's a decent political talking point. The point is, is that uh, maybe during the Trump administration when a balloon was going over, they knew it. They probably had the same view I have. <laughs> of course, they've got a balloon flying over. they got satellites up. they got the rest of this stuff. It's no big deal. So, but see, what the Biden administration wanted now, the reason it came up, they needed a distraction. It was kind of interesting that it came out about the same time exactly that Seymour Hersh's piece about how the U.S. was the ones that uh, blew up Nord Stream 2. Isn't it interesting that those things came out? I mean, it was just like Seymour Hersh publishes his article. Next day, Chinese balloon. Squirrel! You see what I'm saying? See, th this was not for John Kirby saying, oh, well, uh, the Trump administration just didn't detect it. I don't know if that's true or not, but the bottom line, the reason you got fed the balloon story, the reason that the Republicans are trying to freak you out about it, they want more military spending. They want this. They want this aggravation with China. They want to convince you that China's, oh, they're right around the corner. It's just like they did with a terrorist behind every bush after 9-11, the Patriot Act, everything else. It was a distraction. That's what was uncovered here. It may not be. I'm sure it's not the first balloon they've flown over. I don't know how many happened during Trump or Obama or Bush. I don't care. They needed a distraction. That's why the balloon story came up and all the rest of the flying objects. It wasn't about a balloon. It wasn't about Chinese spying. It was about distracting you. Distracting you from a, a myriad of things that I don't have within this hour to tell you that you should be paying attention to but aren't. But this was a distraction. Conservatives, can you just, can you, can you calm down a tiny bit here? If the Chinese want to spy on us, I guarantee you, they don't just need to use a giant white balloon in a blue sky. That was one of the first things I thought is, why don't they make the balloons blue? They, they don't need a white balloon at 60,000 feet to spy on you, okay? Can we calm down a little bit and quit... Quit feeding the warmongers your support, because that's exactly who generated this support. The Biden administration needed a, needed a distraction. The Republicans love anything that makes you, because when they say national security, most conservatives snap their heels together and stand at attention. You can do whatever you want to. National security. It was a balloon. Can we calm down just a tad?
All right, we are back. Final segment for the day today, and I'll be back again. Again, this the Mike Madison Show has been resuscitated, brought back to life. Um, I'll be here from 9 to 10 o'clock on Wednesdays and Thursdays, giving you, and this is the opening salvo. This shows you what the show's mostly going to be. It's going to be listening to the nut jobs in the political class in the media trying to tell you what to focus on. I'm going to try to I'm going to try to walk people back from the edge a little bit here. I'm going to counteract uh, the, the propaganda and the inflation of things that don't matter to you as much as the things that you're not paying attention to that should matter to you. Anyway, there was one other one this past week in this final segment, the train wreck. The Ohio train wreck. Now, this was a catastrophe. And this is a story that people should be paying attention to. And what you really should notice is who's helping the people there. And what you'll notice, uh, it's going to be the, the little people. It's going to be friends and neighbors who help each other. And so it's just a good example of thinking this government, as long as you give it enough power, if it just has enough power and enough regulations and everything else, they're going to make the world all safe for all of us. We've got to give the EPA more power. We've got to give the Department of Transportation more power. So accidents like this, look. The government's never good at anything. But, you know, part of the story now is the EPA is not performing well. Duh. Government's terrible at everything it does. And the people put in, put in positions of overseeing things during the Biden administration, we've never had a less impressive group of people ever in the history of our government. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I'll be interested. We, we need to be interested to see who is actually held accountable for any of this. And there was a bit of hysteria around this. I'm going to get to in a second as we close here. But, you know, it's interesting to me. I thought this this kind of gave me a chuckle. If you listened to my show previously, you may have heard me talk about this before. Um, I can't remember the year. I think it was 2019. I was, haul, I was the very first person prosecuted, taken into court. There was a prosecutor there and prosecuted under the Madison County, Mississippi Environmental Court for having a green pool, meaning there was algae and leaf debris in my pool, in January. There weren't any mosquitoes, no health hazard, anything like that. I was called to court. Two armed men came to the, the door of my house. One of them was huge. Pretty scary to look out my kind of, you know, the, the glass. You can't really see exactly what it is. There was just this giant shadow and I opened the door. It was the Madison County Environmental Court. And they handed me, a, you know, basically an appearance thing. They'd gotten a complaint. I was hauled in front of this court, the very first person prosecuted for this. And it was several hundred dollars, and they gave me a bunch of stuff I needed to do. Okay, Mr. Madison, before you come back, you've got 30 days to clean that pool. This is in January again. The pool was completely fenced off. You couldn't see it from the street. Nobody could see it unless they climbed my back fence. It's just the way my yard was laid out. Uh, it cost me hundreds of dollars and hours and hours of time. I guarantee you I probably paid a bigger personal price for my green pool in January in Madison, Mississippi, than anybody at Norfolk Southern, anybody at the EPA, anybody who was partially responsible for this horrific tragedy that has taken place in Ohio. Just pay attention. That's what the story's going to be. Of course, people won't won't pay attention to that. And one of the reasons, I, you know, I, I've made a big thing about this uh, over the years, and I want to make sure I put it in here, too. Uh, the revolving door between government and industry. I want you to listen to this. Uh, the EPA. People are saying, well, the EPA is not doing a good job. They didn't issue an emergency. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. Well, they would have to. The reason they don't ever hold anybody accountable is this reason. 
you know, I've talked about the SEC, I've talked about the FDA, I've talked about all these government agencies in the revolving door. I found an interesting story about the EPA. On August 20th, the U.S. Senate was to have held a hearing on the nominee for Environmental Protection Agency Assistant Administrator for Chemical Safety, Michael uh, L. Dorson, Ph.D. The hearing was abruptly postponed on August 19th with no reason offered and has not yet been rescheduled. Now, this is an older story. Dr. Dorson had spent a good deal of his career helping companies resist constraints on their use of potentially toxic compounds in consumer products. Critics, including former EPA officials, congressional Democrats, and public health scientists, say that these ties with the chemical industry in particular should keep him from becoming the country's chief regulator of toxic chemicals. Dr. Dorson's professional history provides important context which to consider his nomination. He did a turn at EPA from 1980 to 1994, starting as a staff toxicologist. By 1989, he headed a pesticides and toxic groups, uh, toxics group supervising scientists to support EPA's regulatory work. In 1995, Dr. Dorson started his consulting group. Toxicology Excellence for Risk Assessment, or TERRA, which has done contract work for chemical companies producing research in reports that often, quote, downplay the health risk posed by their compounds. TERRA's clients have included Dow Chemical Company, Coke Industries, and the Chevron Corporation. His research has been underwritten by trade groups for companies that make pesticides, processed foods, <clears throat> excuse me, cigarettes and plastics, among others, including the storied American Chemistry Council. Associated Press has reported that Dr. Dows, uh, Dorson, Dowson, whatever it is, has for some time received payments for his critical assessments of peer-reviewed studies that identified concerns with the safety of his client's company's products. So this is the, the revolving door. So the guy, look, this, this is uh, to synopsize. Uh, he spends a... Uh, about a little over a decade at the EPA. Then he goes out into private practice, starts his consulting group. Now, do you think if, if he was going to go out and consult for the major chemical companies, do you think they would have been happy to have him had he vigorously prosecuted them while he was at the EPA? Of course not. So it's, it's kid gloves while they're at the EPA because they know they're going to make their money coming out of the EPA and working with these companies that they were supposedly regulating. And then he goes back to the EPA. There's more to be done. The chemical companies or whatever it is, whatever industry it is, and again, it's the same with all of these industries, SEC, FDA, CDC, they do this. Um, basically, there may be some, some regulation that they want to have undone. So they say, hey, you've been a great consultant. You've made millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars from industry. We need you to go back into that agency again and tinker around with the rules uh, to help us with a few other things here. And that's what they do. They go back into government. And always remember, whenever you see somebody leave a position where they're making millions and millions and millions of dollars a year to go take a job for like 160 k a year, be suspicious. Now, the one other thing I'm just going to say about this guy, this was Trump's guy. See, that was actually in the very beginning of the story, but I knew a lot of people wouldn't listen to this. But this was during the Trump administration. Now, <clears throat> I'm not saying that Donald Trump did this, that he knew this guy or anything like that. I'm just telling you, for those of you out there who thought the Trump administration was so different, we were draining the swamp. No, these are the kind of creatures that were coming into the government, into the agencies, even when Trump was president. And then to close on this one thing, have I got time for this? I hope I do. People went off the rails, pun intended, 
Oh, my God, after this O'Hara derailment, I've seen another one. And they started seeing this conspiracy. Now, you're not going to find too many more conspiracy-minded people than me. I'll be honest about it. I know these people plot uh, against us. It's been documented too many times to assume that they don't plot on everything. But everybody decided, oh, this was an attack. They're trying to kill us all. Now, maybe they are. <clears throat> but what was interesting was I started seeing these stories. Oh, my God, another train derailment, like two days later. And then there was one two days after that. And I saw conservative media pick this up and go, oh, my gosh, look what they're doing. They're trying to kill us all. There's trains flying. All it was, this is being done on purpose. I always want some context to those stories. And so I went and looked. It's kind of interesting. How many train derailments are there every year? How many train accidents are there every year? Do you have any idea? Did you look this up? When people were going hysterical about there being another one. Uh, I just pulled this up. Number of rail accidents and incidents in the United States from 2013 to 2021. Uh, in tw Let's just pull out a couple. I don't have time to read all these. Uh, in 2013, there were 11,655 train incidents. Uh, in injuries, there were uh, over uh, 8,700 injuries that year. In 2018, there were 11,863. There is something like, I can't remember the exact number of derailments, but I think there's something like three a day all the time. Not just now, all the time. That's the history of rail travel. Thank goodness we closed down all those oil pipelines and put all this oil into those safe trains that Warren Buffett owns stock in, right? Yeah, that was a scam itself. The trains derail all the time. So the Ohio story, big story. Pay attention to if anybody gets into any trouble. The poor people of Ohio, poor all of us if this really turns out to be the environmental disaster some are saying. But we have to be cautious, understand that a lot of people have agendas behind this stuff. They may want you to think it's worse than it is. Or they may be downplaying it. We, we don't know yet. But when you hear of another train derailment, don't be that guy who jumps up and goes, look, they're taking out all the trains. They're trying to kill us all. Train derailments happen all the time. Was this one on purpose? I don't know. Maybe. It was pretty bad. There's the talk about those Ohio residents had taken on some kind of real ID or biometric ID or something. I didn't really. Uh, there's, they're, they're up to all kinds of spooky and weird stuff. These government agencies are. I don't put anything past them. But I also want some context. It did seem weird to me when there was that one big derailment and then there was another big derailment a couple of days. I will tell you, but my first question is always, well, how many are there normally? You know, that's kind of what I want to know. Is this even odd? Always look for the context. Don't let the media drag you around by the nose. Now, if they do, if you let the media and the political class freak you out about everything, I will be here weekdays on well, Wednesday and Thursday from 9 to 10 trying to pull you back from the brink, <laughs> trying to give you a little something else to consider. So there we are. We're back to the races. I will be back tomorrow, 9 to 10 on Thursday. You're at 103.9 WIAB. You have heard the resuscitated, the reanimated, the rejuvenated Mike Madison shows. Now I was going to call it a triumphant return. For right now, we'll just call it a return. If you want to get in touch with me uh, for any reason, Best way to find me, MikeMadison at WYAB.com. I'm not a social media guy. You won't find me there, but you can always email me. Love to hear from everybody. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow.